The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Did that help you? Did that, 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 that didn't sidetrack you or anything or derail you, right? I mean, it, it's amazing. When the, Lord began to, when the Lord began to show me this and the Lord began to, to, to and I was like, surely no. And, and I thought the only thing that I could equate it to is Remember, remember when um, the Lord told him he was going to destroy the city of Sodom and, and, and Abraham said, hey, I've got kinfolk down there. He said, would you, would you save Sodom? Would you save the city if you find 50 people? If you can find 50 people, would you, would you save the city? Right? Have you ever bargained with God like that? Lord, if you, if, if you could find 50 people, If you could find 50, would you save Warsaw? Now, there are a lot of people in church. And the Lord told me this back in 2005, I believe it was. Not every place with a steeple has my name on it. And I thought, oh, say it isn't so, Lord. Lord, surely that's, surely, surely, Lord, you, you, not every place with a steeple has my name over the door. And it was then that we decided that we wouldn't be here unless God ordained it. We're not just a social club. We're not just where we get together and, and talk about the latest things. It's, it's not, you know, Facebook 4.0 at the church. We have to be a place, we have to be a, a ministry of one of reconciliation. That's, that's, that's our driving factor. And from the prayer request, there are a lot of people that need reconciled. There are a lot of people in the next month and a half that need reconciled. They need Jesus or they're going to go out of this world unprepared to meet their God. That's a big, you know, this is like that old possible thing. The tape recorder's going, you know, your mission, should you choose to accept it. How many ministers, how many pastors, how many Sunday school teachers, how many regular Joes have not mentioned Jesus to their co-workers or their family because they're afraid somebody will get mad? You didn't mention him. You knew all along that there's only two routes Two destinations where this life is going to end up. And you didn't tell me about Jesus? You were too afraid of hurting my feelings? And now for an eternity, I'm going to be banished from God. You saw me every day. There was an old song we used to sing when, when I was a little kid, back when we didn't have to worry about hurting everybody's little mamby-pamby feelings. You saw me day to day and knew I was astray, yet you never mentioned him to me. When we stand before the Lord, and we've been talking about this, right? We've been talking about finding our calling, meeting it, and we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. When we stand before the Lord and he brings up to us that one individual that, we're not, that we don't like very good, that one that treated us bad, that one that maybe spit in our face, and, and, and I hope that you've never had that happen to you, but have somebody spit in your face. That guy that starts up his car every time we're having ministry here. 
That's not an accident. There's a devil loose. That, that is a distraction for people that, that, that can't focus, and he'll sit there and let it idle until he decides he's going to move out. See, I don't think, there, I don't think there's any, any happenstances. I don't think anything happens by chance. We have to understand that this is a battlefield, as, as Pastor Burkhart used to say, not a romper room. Remember? We're on a battlefield here. And until we understand that, as part of our calling, when we stand before the Lord, when we stand before the judgment seat, and, and we stand before him at the Bema seat, and he says, he says, well, what about that? Now, I'm, wait a minute, let me, let me, hang on a second. I want everybody right now to get in their mind, get in your mind, bring to mind somebody that treated you with disrespect, disdain, and told you that religion's fine with you, but I, don't, but I got my own plan. I got my own way. Me and Jesus got our own thing. You got them in your mind? When you got them in your mind, raise your hand. All right. All right. When Jesus, when Jesus, and you stand before Jesus, and he said, I sent you to him, or I sent you to her. Did you tell them? Now, see, the Bible says, and Reverend Jack O'Day Sparks used to say, you've got to tell them whether they, or whether they reject, or for his, his words was forbear. You're not responsible for them receiving, but you are responsible for them hearing the truth. When we stand before the Lord, they're, they're, if they don't accept Jesus, that's on them. But if we didn't tell them, I guess, you know, on the far side of Aphabel, the stables need shoveled. Just staying with John Bevere, you know. At least you're in heaven, right? Isn't it, isn't it amazing how connected that everything is? Now, science and biology tries to connect everything to everything and every living cell and everything. And, and, and while they are connected, they try to connect every, every organism and everything back to a single cell, and it is. And, it, and you'll find that single cell in Genesis 1-1 where it says, in the beginning, God. And from there on, everything was diversified and everything split off. So we all have a God component at a connection at Genesis 1-1, right? So as we are standing before the Lord, and I'm talking to believers tonight, as we're standing before the Lord, we're going to give an account for an awful, terrible person that we had to minister to. That guy that, that, that got up in the middle of the lunchroom and said, I don't want to sit beside this Bible thumper. I don't want to sit beside him. Can anybody trade me places? I would talk to his daughter. at the funeral of her, of her mother-in-law. And she said, my dad told me about you. His grandsons love me. I hired one of them to work for me. Man, you're not at all what dad said. Why did he, why did he say that? Why did he do, why did he? And I said, it's simple. The spirit that was in him could not tolerate the spirit that was in me. Sound familiar? The spirit that was in him could not tolerate the spirit that is 
the spirit that's in the world cannot tolerate the spirit that's in you. Remember what, remember, still, this isn't a message on Genesis, but just setting up where we're going tonight. Remember back in Genesis where, where after the fall, after Eve and Adam had messed up, and boy, did they mess up. After that, the Lord looked at the serpent and, he said, and, and, the, and the woman, and he said, I'm enmity between your seed and, and his seed. So the seed of the woman is going to strive. She's, from her is going to come Messiah. From her is coming the promise. But from the seed of the evil one, not a snake. You see, if we just see it as, oh, well, that was the seed of the snake. That's why women don't like snakes. I know some women that love snakes. It kind of creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> but it's not a snake. He was talking about the seed of, 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 of Satan, the devil, the, the demonic side, and the seed that would carry Messiah. Whose seed are we? And it, and it isn't any wonder that there's imminent enmity between the two factions. Right? And so as we're looking at the two factions and we're looking at two different sides and some people never get along with us. Some people, you know, they always, when, when, when we're giving away stuff and when we're having dinners and they're always, and they're always out, you know, and, and most of the time you'll find the seed of the serpent. You'll find them with their hands out. You'll find them talking soothing lies. They're always trying to convince, conceive, you know, and, and, to, and to get something from you. That would have been a real good place to say amen. Because y'all know it's true. You see, it's okay to say amen when the word's true. Now, if, I, if I'm up here being a false prophet, then say, no, 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 sit down. Pastor Corey, you get up there and take his place. See, we have to agree with the word of God. We have to agree with truth. Right? And if we don't, the Bible commands us to not give place to the devil. And if we don't stand up for the truth, guess what? The devil has, has have a place. Now he's got a foothold. And if you don't watch him and you give the devil a foothold, the next thing he'll be building a stronghold. And that's another lesson. You might hear a little bit about that on Sunday. Because you give the devil a foothold, you give him an inch, and he's going to build a fortress. And then you're going to have to storm the walls to get it back. Where's my Reader's Digest? <laughs> I, I, you know, Captain Billy's on Reader's Digest back there. Anyway, all right, I'm, all right. I'm, I'm, I want to prime the pump, okay? I know it's the middle of the week. I know we're tired, but I got to get that pump primed because if you're going to receive the word, you, you know, I want you to receive the word biblically. And you know how they receive the word biblically? With gladness. Gladness. He has made us glad. Amen. And if you can't receive the word with gladness, then you reject it, followed by sadness. Now, that's a play on words, but it's true. You ever seen anybody reject the word of God? And then they'll go through, they'll go they'll, instantly. It's almost, like, it's almost like when I push my cousin down the hill and, and we built this go-kart, you know, this, this, this like soapbox derby thing that you ride in. And, and of course, we weren't none of us engineers at that time. It just looked cool. There's something about trying to hold wheels on an axle with a nail. Never tried it again, but it was, it was evidence enough that that's probably not the way it was designed to do. A 16-penny a, a nail will not hold a 10-inch bicycle wheel 
onto an axle going down a hill at 30 miles an hour. And when one falls off and the cart tips up and, it, and you try to get it back, anyway, it was bad. And after his hospital stay, we, do, we, we, we decided that we probably should never do that again. But that is, that is what happens when you don't receive the word with gladness and start rejoicing. You push yourself, as it were, down the hill and you go and you end up in sadness. In his instance, he ended up in the Miamisburg Hospital. Um, concussion and cracked ribs and some other stuff that we don't want to talk about. <clears throat> I thought a banana seat was cool in the car. Just throwing that out there. So we want to receive the word with gladness. You know why when we receive the word with gladness, all of our, all of our receptors are open, our ears are open, our minds are open, our hearts are open, and the word can get in. How many times have we ever struggled with a word and we're, and we're sitting there, maybe we got something else on our mind and, we, and we're thinking about something or, or, or mom's got the roast on and, and the last time, the, you know, the potatoes got all burnt and crunchy and, and, and although, you know, one or two potatoes in there that are burnt on the edge and crunchy on the edge are cool, they're kind of like, you know, French fries in the roast. But um, <clears throat> Now, I'm not asking for a show of hands tonight, but I mean, I've, I have sometimes received a word not with gladness. And then it led to, obviously, a lull. Because if we're, if, we're, if we're listening to the Word of God, then God has some place to take us, right? If, we, if we're here to hear the Word of God, then God's got some place to take us. So we want to know that it's not this old fat preacher. You know, I wish we were online tonight, because if, if we were online, then, then, I could, then, then I could say, oh, oh okay, Brother Stoddard, yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I, I write the turkey thing, I get you. You know, but turkey also has um, tryptophan and tryptophan in it. I don't know about the rest of you, but I can want to use some sleep tomorrow. <laughs> I've been working too hard playing, you know, uh, and doing the boxing thing and all that other stuff. And not, not pugilistic boxing, but boxing as in cargo, you know, cardboard boxing. And boy, I am blessed. I am so blessed and highly favored because Vanessa went and got me plastic boxes tonight. All right, so anyway... <clears throat> So anyway, all right. Well, praise God. So we want to receive the word of gladness. We also, we also need to understand that, that the mission field is great. Remember what Pastor Glenn told us? He said, he said you know, there are, there are 5,000 churches every year that close their doors. 5,000. And with the COVID, I imagine that number is going to spike even higher because the real, the real victim of the COVID has been the churches. The churches. And it wouldn't have happened had not people's hearts turned away from the Lord years ago. It's a slow fade. This isn't a, this isn't a one day step. Oh, COVID, I got to stay away from church. This is, a, this is a step at a time, a period of years. And, it's been, and we've been in a, in a state of decline from 9-11 Right all, right all the way through to President Barack Obama, who said we were a Christian nation. And whether we, you see, that's why we didn't defend, we, when we didn't defend the truth, when we didn't stand up and say, I don't care what you say, but as for me and my house. You know what happens? If you don't deny a lie, 
you receive it. You may not believe it at first, but you receive it. And the next thing you know, you start believing it. Need proof? The theory of evolution. How come it is, you can go back and look at some of the books that are now outdated, but you go back into the 1950s and millions of years ago, fast forward to the 1990s and 2000s, billions of years ago. What will it be if time stands to the, to the 2050s? Trillions of years ago. You keep moving the mark. So people have, it's so, it's so outstanding. Up, up, until, up until the 1980s, we didn't have eight-place computer, eight-place pocket calculators. You know, I remember my TI-185 my TI was the first time it ever got out to 14 places. And I'm like, how in the world can a number get out that way? Because my, cal my calculator used to just put it as a little, little upside-down sigma, E. Remember? So as... So as technology advances and only better counts, they've got to keep moving the goalpost because if surely goodness, if, if they get it too close, somebody will figure out that they've been pulling the wool over somebody's eyes all these years. And you go back to Genesis 1-1 and now we're back full circle again. In the beginning, God. Bingo. Done deal. That settles it. So if it's settled from beginning to end, then all we need to do is find our place and get on board, right? So as we were talking, as we were talking on Sunday, and I'm going to just do this and then we'll get we'll get into it. And, and we're going to talk about um, we talked about the the lost generation on Sunday. Uh, uh, we no longer serve only Jesus. True story. We no longer serve only Jesus. And the devil's good with that. But so was Caesar. You can have your Jesus, just say Caesar is Lord and you're good. You can keep Jesus. You can keep Jesus, just put the statue of Mary up. Good thing we're not live. You can have your Jesus, but just don't, just don't deny us Buddha. You can have your Jesus... We were talking. We were talking the other night. We were we were talking with a fellow the other night, and and, and he has been, and has been told that there are many ways to God. Now let me let me tell you. Let me tell you in a in a sense. Remember what remember what remember what the devil did to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He gave them a half truth. He didn't tell them the whole truth. Right. So when Oprah Winfrey came out with that doctrine back in the eighties, there's many paths to God. That's true. Every path leads to God. But there's only one door that leads to eternal life. His name is Jesus. Every man, woman, boy, or girl will stand before a righteous, holy God. It doesn't matter if they're Hindu, doesn't matter if they're Buddhist, doesn't matter if they're whatever. If they're Islamic, doesn't matter if they're Baha'i, doesn't matter if they're Mormon, doesn't matter if they're Jehovah's Witness, doesn't matter if they're Catholic. Every person will stand before a righteous God. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. And no one can come to me except the Spirit which sent me draw him. 
And the Spirit is not in any of those other things that we said, referencing in the, in the Holy Spirit. We no longer serve only Jesus. As, by and large, we no longer believe the Holy Scripture. We don't believe it. Oh, the Bible's good and everything to live by. It's a good, it's a good example, but, whoo, boy, I, gotta, I, I, better not, I better not trust in the Lord. I know that they call him Jehovah Jireh, my provider, but I better not trust in him. I know they say he's Jehovah Rapha, my healer, but I better not trust in him. I better trust in Fauci because he would never lie. Are we conflicted? Do we want to use, I get this, I got, I got, a, I got a, air quotes, Christian lady. This is, I'm, I believe in the Bible, but you've got to use common sense too. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk common sense. Right? Let's, let's talk a little bit of common sense. Hey, Moses, you got the Red Sea in front of you, Pharaoh coming behind you. You got wilderness all around you. Common sense says... Well, the Gaithers put out a song, step into the water, water out a little bit deeper. Anyway, common sense will get you in trouble. Because the carnal mind, which is where the common sense is from, is at enmity with God. Enmity with the things of the Holy Spirit. Common sense, if you only trust in what you can see, then the devil makes sure you're going to see a lot. We need to trust in the Lord. We no longer, we no longer believe the Holy Scriptures. That's what Pastor was saying. That's what for the last several years, almost almost the last ten years, the Lord said, "Let me be God. If you believe my word and you, and you claim that that I'm your Savior, if I'm your God, then let me be God." I would to God that I could get everybody off of off of the 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 CBN, MSNBC, the Foxes. I wish I could get them off everything. Believe the Lord. He's already told us how it's going to end. You know what? I just, boy, the Lord just dropped this in my spirit. I hope you love it. Anybody going to be doing any cooking tonight and tomorrow? Anybody going to be making any desserts, cakes and stuff? Yeah. No, Vanessa's not, so think of me. Anyway, um, <laughs> when you mix up all, not that thing, it's got sharp edges. <laughs> when you mix up, when you mix up all them ingredients, you get it all together and you pour it in that pan and you go to, and your oven's preheated just right and you go to put that cake in the oven. Now, some of you will turn on a light. My mom never turned on the light. You, do you remember that? I was sitting there trying to remember. Do, do I remember my mom ever turning on a light in the oven? And she had so much stuff in there, she never did. She never turned on the light. You know what? You know why my mom did that? She followed the recipe... She followed the plan. The temperature was right. The conditions were right. And all she had to do was wait 12 to 15 minutes, go over to the cabinet. You guys were in her, you guys were in her house. Go over to the cabinet on the, on the right-hand side and toothpick. Slide it out. Not yet. Five more minutes. 
A little bit more. Why do we need to know every detail about what's going on in God's plan? Why do we, what knowledge are we trying to glean from listening to every news report and every, God said it. He can't lie. It's going to happen. She pulled it out, and it'd be a perfect sheet cake every time. You think God knows what he's doing? Do you think if we just follow his plan and don't try to and don't now what would she what would happen if she'd have took it out and 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 when we try to when she tried to confirm it all the time as she if she took it out when in five minutes in she pulled it out and she took a spoon and went, ah, still moist. Ten minutes later she pulled it out and took a spoon and another part, ah. See, trusting in the Lord's like baking a cake. God's got this. And if he's got this and he's our God, then we need to be about our father's business. Amen. And our father's business isn't, isn't you know, you know, looking, looking in, in, in the Internet and trying to convince people on the Internet because you ain't going to convince nobody. I don't know that I've ever had one person say, you know, Pastor, I got saved by your comment on the Internet. Anybody, anybody had that happen? Anybody volunteer? Anybody, anybody ever got saved because you posted a post on Facebook? Instagram? What's that other one? Twitter. Has anybody ever got saved by that? What's the propensity? The propensity is to get weighed down and get bogged down out into the weeds, is it? I mean, how many, how many times do we get drug out into the weeds? You know, that, that was part of the decision we were making when we were going to stay on Facebook Live or not because I don't know if you've watched any of the videos after they've been live when something, the next thing that pops up may not be very God-honoring. Have you guys seen that? I mean, the one, the one that I was watching, it was, it was one of Pastor Corey's, and, and, and I've seen them on mine too, but the one popped up, and there were these two half-naked ladies and, and sitting in a car, and a guy was propositioning them right after, right after the ministry. Now, how many people outside of here are going to say, whoa, not in, not in this house, Satan? They go to hear the gospel, and if they don't click off within 30 seconds, Boom. The devil's right on top of it. You see, a certain man had planted, planted a field. And while he slept, his enemy came in and sowed tares amongst the wheat. And his workers, once they sprung up, his workers said, do you want us to go out and tear them tares up? And, 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 the, and, the, and, the, and the field owner said, landowner said, you can't. Or else you'll destroy the wheat along with the weeds. He said, just wait. We'll separate them at harvest. And at the harvest, they gathered the wheat in one bundle and gathered the tares or the wheat weeds in another. Do you know something? The devil has sown tares, had sown tares here. And unfortunately, when the tear realized that there wasn't enough nutrition for them to grow here, they uprooted and took others with them. Just like the Bible said. All right. We, we no longer believe in the Holy Scripture. We don't believe them. 
we move in the we no longer move in the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. Not asking for a show of hands, this is a rhetorical question, but how many how many have been worried in the past year, especially since September, when when the autocrat said, I'm gonna stick a needle in everybody's arm. You may stick a needle in everybody else's arm, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. A thousand may fall at my left and ten thousand at my right, but it will not come near me. It's God's word. You walk in it if it ain't in here. You can't can't profess it. You can't stand on it if you don't understand it and know it. And and I'm telling you, we've been through some, the, the scripture reading this year has taken us on some long paths, but you see what happens when the children of God stand on His Word. He always comes through. It's time that we as believers, as Spirit-filled, born-again believers, begin to move in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen? There's power on, on your words. The life and death are in the power of the tongue. We need to start speaking out what we want, calling those things that are not as though they were. Amen? Don't give in to doubt. Don't give in. We talked about that on Sunday. Don't give in to fear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Fear comes by hearing and hearing by any other word. We were not meant to live in fear. As a matter of fact, one of the signs of the end times is men's hearts will fail them for fear. Do you realize? Maybe you didn't, maybe, maybe you hadn't heard this. Did you realize that the, the restaurant right down the road here, national chain, guy was well. It was like his third try. He failed a couple other times. He got the COVID and he got afraid and he took his own life. You haven't heard that, huh? Fear is a killer. It'll kill you. Your heart will fail you for fear, the Word of God says. We need to move in the power of and in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Too many, too many pastors, too many churches for too many years have been denying that the Holy Ghost even exists. We have not so much as heard as there was a Holy Ghost. You know, we need to start asking people, well, into what baptism were you baptized? You haven't heard that there's a Holy Ghost? Because the moment that Jesus was baptized, the Holy Ghost descended from heaven in the form of a dove, And a voice sounded in in the heavens and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. If that's not happening, then guess what? There's no connection between the word and the water. Oh, mm, 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 mm. There's no connection. It's It's been a mental ascent. Well, little Johnny said he was, said he loved Jesus in church camp back in, when he was old, I mean, sorry that he went and killed people, but he's still saved. He just lost his testimony, lost his witness. No, he was never saved. He was a false convert. How can you tell? Look at the fruit. 
that has fallen from the tree. Look at the fruit. Then lastly on Sunday we said we no longer recognize the voice of the Lord. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, I didn't get to this on Sunday. But you'll remember when young Samuel, the prophet, his mom made a promise, remember? Lord, if you give me a son all the days of his life, he'll serve you. If you'll give me a son, and true to her word, when he was weaned, she, she took him to live with the prophet Eli. And when he was about 9, 10, 11, he was still a young lad. In the middle of the night, he heard a voice, Samuel. And he, assuming that it was Eli, the prophet, who prophets were to speak what they heard from God. If what you've heard from God, then you have to hear from God. Else you're a false prophet. Right? Right? He got up, went into, the, went into the prophet's room and said, Here I am, Lord, you called me? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Isn't it amazing? Even the preacher didn't hear from God. Oh, do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. It was Solomon, right? There's nothing new under the sun. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. There's nothing new under the sun. Even the preacher didn't hear from God. Little Samuel goes back, hops in bed. A little bit later, Samuel gets up again, runs into Eli's room, says, Here I am, Lord, your, your servant hears. Oh, no, here I am, Lord. He said, I didn't call you. Now get this. Can you imagine this? And let me, let me interject this, okay? Because the Bible's not clear. The scripture isn't clear. But can you imagine what went through the preacher's heart that he was not hearing? And God was bypassing him and his family, his genealogy, to get to a young lad. He said, listen. It's not me. But if it happens again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I would to God that pastors who have strayed away and preachers who have strayed away and teachers who have strayed away would say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, I need to hear you again. Lord, I need a, I need a fresh anointing again. Lord, I need, I need a fresh outpouring of your spirit. I'm not hearing you, Lord. We're in troubled times. Our, our nation is in peril. I need to hear from you, Lord. But they're not. They're going with Pharaoh. They're going with Nebuchadnezzar. You must bow at the sound. And they're bowing. Those who bowed never, never saw the Lord in the fire. Oh, you, if you bow, you'll never see the Lord. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean you won't go through a fiery trial, but it does, it does mean that he'll be there with you. 
Imagine in the prophet's mind, Lord, when was the last time I heard you? When was the last time you spoke to me? That should be enough to make him repent. But it didn't. It didn't. Now the Lord's bypassing him. Can you imagine? The Apostle Paul said this. He said, I, 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 buff, I buffet my body. I know I play with that a lot. He said, I buffet my body and I keep after myself. He said, I repent daily, lest after having preached, I be set aside or cast away. Do you know what he was referring to? Look in the, New, in the Old Testament to the one who saved the world. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. For 120 years, Noah was building a boat in, in a dry place in a desert. For 120 years, I, I can imagine the jeers and the sneers and the people that would gather around him. Oh, what you building there? I mean, some of you guys have been to the ark experience, the ark encounter. It wasn't something that he could easily hide in the pole barn. Right? More like, more like a, a dirigible hanger. Can you imagine his neighbors? Hey, preacher, what you doing up there? That ain't no good barn. Got to prop it up. It'll fall over. You got the foundation wrong. The foundation goes on the outside, not on the inside. No, it's not a foundation. It's a beam, fellas. A beam. Now notice this. This is the, the, the pre-Diluvian period. They didn't, they'd never known rain. Or ship. I mean, even the Phoenicians didn't, didn't know shipping at that time. They didn't know rain. No rain. What are you talking about? I mean, the only water, if, 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 if after this, and, and, and there is some light to believe that there was a, they were living on what was called Pangaea, where all of, the, all of the continents were together at that time, and all the water was the opposite of the earth, and so it was like a, it was like a lead weight on the earth. The land and the water balanced each other out. What are you talking about? The great water, you're, you're, you're months away from walking this. And how are you going to pull this thing to the great water? Well, you didn't think that very through very far, did you? I see, in Matthew's Gospel, it says no one, no one builds a barn and no one goes to war at their own expense unless they count the cost, right? Remember the, the two examples? 120 years, you think he counted the cost? God said it, he believed it, and it was done. And he didn't have a crew of 96 Amish guys to help him. You know, Ken Ham did, all right? He had, he had a crew of 90, 96 Amish guys, and you know, I can imagine the parade of Amish vans and buses. And Anyway, he, didn't, he had three sons. Now, if you ever had to work with your own sons, you know, sometimes... Sometimes sons don't understand dad. Sometimes, dad, what are you doing? Oh, you know, oh, oh Joseph over there says you you crazy for building this boat in the middle. What are you doing? They think you're going to charge admission. They, you're going to set it up and charge admission, and and 
and put little banners and signs inside and tell them whatever goes in it. No, son. No him, no Shem, no Japheth. That was, that'll be Ken Ham, and he'll do that in, 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 in the year you know, 2010. He'll replicate it. What are we doing this for? I'm, I'm making light of, of this next one. This next one's a little heavy. Why do we go to church? Why do we read the word? What are we doing this for? This is the, this is the high life. Let's go for it. Grab a handful off the top because we're only coming this way once. Why do we do this? Why do we, why do we take time out of our schedule to come and meet? Why do we come here on Sunday mornings an hour before anybody else and pray? Why do we do what we do? Because the Lord has desired that from us. The Lord gave us the plan. But we no longer recognize His voice. I watched a guy one time, and he hasn't been here in about a year or so. I watched a guy one time. Pastor Corey was talking with him back, but right back there, he says, "Man, and remember, he, they would they would take they would take boxes of highlighters and highlight every verse. You know, you'd be reading a verse, and they would." <coughs> Pastor Corey, you probably don't even know I was even watching. Man, I just. I can't get enough. How can I get closer to God? How can I, how can I live? You guys are, you, you, you talk about the Lord moving you. You're getting, you know, I, I don't know I don't moving yet or not. But you're talking about this. And, and, and I do know that the tornado had struck. So it was about that time. The tornado had got, and, and how do you do this? How do you stay strong? How do you? And he says, well, you, you want to know, know a little nugget? Anybody ever heard pastors say nugget? Quote, unquote. I always give credit to who I hear things from, or I try to anyway. Pastor, you've heard Pastor Corey say, here's a nugget for you. Since we've been over at the other place, we've been meeting from 9 to 9.30 for prayer. You, you know who I'm talking to? You know, and, and immediately, immediately, he said, what, you, you, you come for prayer? And this, this guy had, had designs on becoming a, a, an elder or at least a porter. And he said, blah, 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 blah. And, and he backed away from that faster than a little boy peeing on electric fence. <laughs> he did not receive the word with gladness. And almost instantly, you could track it. Almost instantly, Pastor. They went in the nest. And the devil came back. And said, oh, you don't like living the blessed life? When we first met this couple, they were making memories at a parade right outside the church building over on Winona because mom was going to be dead before Christmas. True story? So, somebody amen me here. The next week, we would go on vacation. Pastor Corey would be preaching. And we'd get a phone call. Hey, 
They just gave their heart to the Lord. And, and, and it was one of those, it was one of those, you hold it out here because somebody is excited, somebody is happy. And this isn't a nugget. This, is, this, this here is, is a full gold vein. From a wheelchair to being on the praise team to being considered for the, 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 the leadership of the church to, you want to get closer? You want to get closer? Here's a nugget for you. From 9 to 9.30, we meet for prayer every Sunday. You say, well, what's that got to do with anything? You can have as much of God as you want but you got to want what you have. There are some people that just go to church to go through, the, go through the, the motions and just go through church to go through the... But you can have as much of the Lord as you want, but you've got to want what you have in order to increase what you've got. Amen. You see, this is the last generation. And we're not hearing his voice. Because just like he said in Gethsemane, could you not wait one hour? Their eyes were heavy and they were tired. Could you not pray with me one hour? And then he withdrew himself a stone's throw away. And he began to pray again and his, and his sweat would become as drops of blood. And he came back a second time. And he found them asleep. And this time he doesn't rouse them. He doesn't wake them. He just says, sleep on. Sleep on. My time is at hand. The enemy has come. My proposal to you in this last generation, we see the church asleep because their eyes were heavy. They couldn't, they couldn't hear God. They couldn't recognize His voice. They really didn't believe His word. God's not God to them. They've got Jesus plus whatever. Jesus plus my doctor. Jesus plus my, my job. Jesus plus my... You know what? There may come a time. There may come a time when we're going to have to say, you know, I've I, I got to believe in you, Jehovah Jireh, because I can't, I can't do this here. There may come a time when I have to say, I've got to trust in you, Jehovah Rapha, because my doctor ain't going to see me no more. There may come a time when we're going to be isolated, and I'm going to have to say, Lord, you're everything to me, or I'm nothing at all. And until we get to that point where without Him, I can do nothing. Without Him, I would surely fail. Without Him, I would be hopeless like a ship without a sail, as the old writer has said. Without Him, we're nothing. God without us is still God. But me, without God, I'm a wreck. Oh, wretched man that I am. In our country, and the, even the world, we have popularized sin. We pay for sin. It's lucrative for a man to live with a woman and procreate out of wedlock. Adultery? Much? 
Adultery, it's too, everybody's doing it. Well, everybody, even in the church, even in the church, well, well, so-and-so, they're on the praise team and they live together. No, they, they, they love each other very much and they told the Lord that, you know, they, they got married in God's eyes, but nobody else's. And you know what that, you know what the thing about that is, is they got married in God's eyes. So if they don't like each other and somebody else strikes their eyes, well, you know, nobody knew they were together anyway. God didn't work like that. Now, you know, I'm, we can't hear his voice. We're not letting God be God. We're more concerned about what our neighbors think about us than what their destination is. And you know why we would do that? Because we don't want someone to not like us. Well, what if they get offended at me? What if they go in the break room and stand up and call, call me a Bible thumper and say, can I sit by somebody else? And then the meanest, baddest, Harley, Harley ridingest, farthest thing from what you would perceive to be a Christian said, he's the only honest man in this place. I'll sit with him. What do you mean? Only a... He lives what he believes, doesn't he? And all of a sudden, two factions start warring. The Antichrist faction... And the guy that appreciates an honest man who, who tells, who lives what he believes, he doesn't put on a show, he doesn't say, do as I say, not as I do. He said, I'll sit with him, because I know where he's at. Well, good for you, I'm going to take my salami burger and go over here. That guy got up, and three or four weeks later, there wasn't nobody sitting by him. And you know what he said? What'd you tell them people about me? I said, I said you, you said plenty. I didn't have to say nothing. Well, what did you say to them? I said the same thing I told you. Jesus loves you. There's a better way. You don't have to live like this. We're in the last days. If the if the preachers and teachers and scholars aren't hearing from the Lord, who will? You've been hearing us talk more and more and more about the remnant. About the remnant. Do you know what a remnant is? A remnant is that piece of carpet in that closet that came from this when they cut it. It's not the whole bolt. It's not the whole roll. We need to understand something. When Jesus said that we need to seek the narrow gate and the straight path because there'll be few that find it. That means that not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, not everybody that you see up on a stage, not everybody that you see, you know, going to their, going to whatever church that they're going to and living like hell outside of it. Not everybody is going to heaven. There has to be fruit. It, it, the fruit of a believer is another believer. We're in the last days. Our bulletin, our bulletin on Wednesday evening just indicates where we are in the last days. I limit, I limit my interactions to that. How does it line up with the Bible? 
It don't, out it goes. How does it line up? If it don't, out it goes. Somebody, somebody in Scandinavia has got a, got a conspiracy theory. You see, my, my focus isn't on Scandinavia, isn't on the rest of the world, isn't on England, isn't on in, even really on the United States. My focus right now is on Israel and Jerusalem because that's where your Bible says it's going to end up. 30 acres. The world is going to come down to a 30-acre patch of ground. Got to stop it. From the very get-go, he's tried to stop it. From the very get-go, he's tried to pollute it. He's tried to dilute it. He's tried to stop it. He tried to stop the word from going forth. But God had a plan. And I got a feeling, had the devil really knew and understood God's plan, he would have never crucified Jesus. Had the devil knew and understood God's plan for the rapture, he, he might change some things. That's why we won't know all of everything until everything is revealed. And, and remember, what the, remember what, the, what the study said? That all will be revealed in time. I don't know that we'll know everything until we're standing in front of him and say, Lord, you, you ever do that? You ever, you ever, you ever, you ever do that? And, and I've done this with my kids sometimes. They, they want to know a big secret. You know, Vanessa and I got them a whatever, and they want to know a big secret or whatever. And then, what is it? What is it? What is it? What's going on? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, either the gift was given or the secret was revealed. And, and all of the questions, just even the, they weren't answered. But now they've got the new Cobra bike, or now they've got this, or now they've got the car, or now they've got the whatever. And, and the questions just don't make any sense anymore. You see, when we're living with him, why did that happen? Don't, it doesn't matter. When we're with the Lord, you know, we can ask the questions. He'll, he'll allow us to ask the questions. What about this, and what about it, it won't matter. Because in heaven, we will be like he is. See, that's the detail that the that's the detail that the devil forgot to tell Eve. Oh, yeah, you're going to be like he is, but it ain't going to be here. It'll be there. Can you imagine knowing everything? Everything, I mean, boom, it's there. You want to go, you want to go back and forth? Time, time, time will be no more. That means that we're not be constrained by, by going back to opening day and passing, and, or we won't be constrained by going forward. You know, we, 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 we can only go forward to the next second, you know, at a time, tick, 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 tick. You know, time keeps on slipping into the into the past. We're no concern. If, if if heaven, if time is no more in heaven, then we can go back to see. We can go back to see the the, the art being created. You know, the, the writer of Hebrews says, "Wherefore, seeing by we are encompassed by such a great a cloud of witnesses, I don't know that that some of us, some of us in heaven, maybe maybe grandma there, they're going back and because they don't have time anymore. Maybe they're going back and they're and they're saying, you know, we it's hard to get amen sometimes here, and they're up there going, amen, amen. If the Lord open up the heavens and let and let the real men of God, the real women of God who are preaching their hearts out, let them hear the amen of heaven, the resounding amen, amen. Preach it right on, right on." Looking at me strange. Remember old Gehazi? Going out, getting water for the, and the, maybe the daily news, the Syrian news or whatever, Ramoth news. Looks up, has his pot, pails full of water. And all around him, the Syrian army. 
drops his pails and runs into the prophet. Master, master, Lord, we're, we're, we're surrounded by the Syrians. They're all around us. They've got the city encircled. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Henny penny, the sky is falling. <laughs> Modern church much? Anyway, all right, I, I've got to get back over here. Um, <clears throat> you know what the prophet said? You, you, I know you know. Lord opened his eyes. You know, Jesus got a little frustrated with his disciples. How long am I going to be with you? And you, I've been with you this long and you still don't know. The prophet said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. He said, go back out and check it out. He goes back out. I imagine he got to about halfway where the pots were, you know, the buckets or whatever were dropped. And he began to look. And all around, all around the Syrian army, all around the insurgents of your life, all around the governing agencies, the threats, all around the finances, all around the health issues, all around anything that you could be worried about right now, there is the host of heaven and they're standing behind them and at one word, because the power of life and death is on your tongue, we, we are spirit-filled people and we believe that we have the power, we have dunamis power that the Lord has told us in Acts 1 chapter 8, you shall have power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why aren't we using it? Why don't we speak to this mountain and say, be moved? The host of heaven. <laughs> okay, I know that was the Old Testament. We can't listen to the Old Testament. Give, me, give us a New Testament one, Pastor, because I just, I'm, just, you know, I'm just so hip. I can't, I can't go to the old. I've got to head the new. Okay, well, I'll give you the new one. Sorry, but you made me do it. I have to go to the top. Made you, you made me do it. I have to do it. I wasn't going to do this. I was hoping that y'all figured this out, but I'm going to do it. Pilate said to Jesus, y'all just read this. Pilate said to Jesus, are you a king? Are you the king of the Jews? He said, my kingdom's not of this world. Or if it was of this world. I have ten legions. Now, that's something that Pilate understood. Of angels that would come. I got ten legions of angels. We've, we've talked about the cross. Can you imagine that night? In the, in the kangaroo court at the high cross. And can you imagine every one of those warring angels on point? And they were looking, and they were looking at the Father. Said, just blink. Just blink. Can, can you imagine when they delivered him over and those soldiers, those Roman soldiers were beating him and they were pulling out his beard and they took those thorns those long, sharp thorns, and they made a crown, and they put them, 
that's why we talked about the thorns down in the words. Those long, sharp thorns. And they beat him on his head with sticks and say, see the king of the Jews. Every angel in heaven. And I, I imagine they were pressing. They were pressing the line. They were pressing between supernatural and natural. They were ready. They were, Father, how can you do this? How can you do this? They marched him up the hill. And he was so exhausted. And the weight of the cross, he fell. And I imagine, I imagine probably more than half of them fell. I imagine, man, they were ready. I imagine they weren't standing on, the, on, on, on whatever they're standing on anymore. They were ready. They were coming. And the Lord said, not yet. Wait. Wait. They took him to, to Golgotha, the place of the skull. They stripped that robe off of his back after the blood had set up and congealed in it, opening up those wounds all over again. The historian of the day, Flavius Josephus, says that he was unrecognizable as a human. They had beat the flesh off of him. And they nailed him to the cross. Can you imagine? Get this scene in your mind what the angels must have been doing in heaven. I imagine someone would say, God, why? How could you do this? This is your son. The darling of heaven. And you know what he said? He said this. In September of 1971, there's going to be a young boy. He's nine years old, and he's going to be sitting in this pew over here. And I'm sending an evangelist from Florida, and that evangelist is going to prick his heart. And if I stop this, he'll never get saved. And if he never gets saved then where will the people he's supposed to minister to be? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you imagine when he went back he, in the garden, he stopped long enough to tell Mary, you know, it's me, Mary. Now, don't cling to me, Mary. I haven't yet ascended. Can you imagine one of the non-warring angels that was tending other, other things in heaven at that time? And, and as he comes marching in to lay his sacrifice on the mercy seat, can you imagine... That angel looking at him and said, Lord, what happened to your hands? What's that on your forehead, Lord? What's in your feet? Is 
Zechariah tells us that he's keeping those scars. For when the Jews finally come home and they finally recognize who Yeshua, the Mashiach, Jesus, our Messiah is, they'll look at him and they'll say, where did you get these scars? Who wounded you like this? And he said, these I received in the house of my friends. That's why he's keeping them. By his stripes we're healed. The writer says we were healed. That means everyone post-Jesus were, past tense, healed. We are the last We are the last generation. We need to take the points that we mentioned on Sunday, and I'm done. If you want to, if you want to continue this, go into. uh, You can read what the text that I was gonna, I was gonna support this with tonight. But I think you're already there. It's in Second Timothy uh, chapter three, and uh, I'll let you read it. It's one through seventeen. Just, just you can read it to verify that we're in the last generation. But it is imperative for us fellow believers, it's imperative that we mark out the handwriting that is laid at the foot of the church. Amen? We have to, we have to serve only Jesus. We have to believe in the Holy Scripture, every one of them. We can't pick and choose. Luke's getting ready to take Connie to a wonderful restaurant. She can pick and choose whatever she wants. Probably a lot of shrimps. I know Vanessa did. We can't pick and choose the gospel. We got to take it. That's why in Revelation, when John, when the, when the when the angel told John to eat the book, he said it went in sweet as honey. But once he started developing it, man, it became bitter. There's some stuff in there that talks to JC that JC has to change. It goes in sweet as honey. Well. And then we have to start moving in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If you try to do it without it, you'll be unsuccessful. If you've ever been unsuccessful before, ask, my, ask yourself, did I, did I do what the Lord told me to? Did I do it when he told me to? You've heard a, a thousand times, maybe more. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Amen? And I know more than, more than once, that, that was attached to, this is a nugget for you. So it ain't just me. And a lot of people are like, well, Pastor, you say, well, no, we're in agreement here. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And you know what happens? If the Lord tells you, I want you to go speak to so-and-so, or I want you to tell them I love them, or I want you to say this, or I want you to do that, and you wait, and then you say, I'll do it the next time I see them, the door closes. And then you try to do it, and you're, and you're, and you're trying to yell through the door. When the Holy Spirit moves you to do something, the door is open. He's already worked on them. And then we need to recognize, we need to recognize the voice of our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, he said, my, my sheep hear my voice. He says, I call them by name. So as we leave here tonight, we need to make up our mind. Am I going to be, am I going to be 
an Eli who can no longer recognize the voice of the Lord? Or am I going to be a Samuel who says, here I am, Lord, your servant hears. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. We've talked about the lost generation. Now we're talking about the last generation. The last generation was put here to save the lost generation. Are you ready? Amen? Heavenly Father, Lord, it's with, it's with thanksgiving, it's with joy that we, we come to you tonight, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you've given us this charge, you've given us this command. And Lord, I just ask right now that as, 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 as I've done what you've given me to do, <clears throat> that, this, that this mantle is picked up, that this, that this standard, this flag, this, this, this war flag is picked up, that we are the last generation sent here to save the lost generation. And let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we will, re we will reap our reward. I love you, Jesus. Now allow every heart and mind to receive and understand the word that we have heard. And it's in your wonderful and blessed name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, there you have it. The last... And then the last. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the river, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc, dot org. God bless you.